0: uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Today our topic is going to be faith and escapism. Let's begin today in Ezekiel chapter 24. In Ezekiel chapter 24, starting in the 15th verse, it says Also the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, behold, I take away from thee the desire of thine eyes with a stroke. Yet neither shalt thou mourn, nor weep, neither shall thy tears run down. Forbear to cry, make no mourning for the dead. Bind the tire of thine head upon thee, and put on thy shoes upon thy feet, and cover not thy lips, and eat not the bread of men. So I spake unto the people in the morning, and at even my wife died, and I did in the morning as I was commanded. And the people said unto me, Wilt thou not tell us what these things are to us, that thou doest so? Then I answered them. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Speak unto the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will profane my sanctuary, the excellency of your strength, the desire of your eyes, and that which your soul pitieth, and your sons and your daughters, whom ye have left, shall fall by the sword, and ye shall do as I have done. Ye shall not cover your lips, nor eat the bread of men, and your tires shall be upon your heads, and your shoes upon your feet. Ye shall not mourn nor weep, but ye shall pine away for your iniquities and mourn one toward another. Thus Ezekiel is unto you a sign. According to all that he hath done shall ye do. And when this cometh, ye shall know that I am the Lord God. Also thou son of man, shall it not be in the day when I take from them their strength, the joy of their glory, the desire of their eyes, and that whereupon they set their minds, their sons and their daughters, that he that escapeth in that day shall come unto thee, to cause thee to hear it with thine ears. In that day shall thy mouth be opened to him which is escaped, and thou shalt speak, and be no more dumb, and thou shalt be a sign unto them, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel's life fell to pieces all around him. If we read this passage too fast, and if we don't meditate on it, it's easy to miss what is really being said here. Verse 18 is important. It says, so I spake unto the people in the morning, and at even my wife died, and I did in the morning as I was commanded. He lost his wife, the woman he shared his life with. His entire world came crashing down around him. He lost the desire of his eyes in one stroke. But he didn't give up. A lot of other people would have given up if they had to deal with the same thing. He could have easily said, why would God allow this to happen to me? Now I have no future. I've lost everything. I give up. But he didn't say that. In spite of all that he went through the night before, he got up the next day and said, and I did in the morning as I was commanded. This is real faith. He didn't lose his faith. He didn't fold under the pressure. He was resilient. Resilience is defined as the act of leaping or springing back or the act of rebounding. Proverbs 24 and 16 says for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. When hard times come our way and the enemy knocks us down, we can either stay cast down and defeated, or we can rise up and move forward in faith. People find a certain sense of self-pity and a type of comfort in defeat, which the enemy uses to keep people from rising up and keep them moving backwards instead of forward. Giving up is easy. That's why we find so many Christians so quick to do it these days. Ezekiel gives us a great example of resilience, of not giving up, of not folding to the hard times of life. We should never give up, under any circumstances. The concept of giving up should not even be a part of our vocabulary as Christians. God didn't design us to give up. He designed us to be faithful. God doesn't give up. If he had given up on us, none of us would be saved today. And the same way he didn't give up on us, we shouldn't give up on him. Luke 9 and 62 says, And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. This is a call to never give up and to keep moving forward in faith, no matter what the circumstances are around us. In verses 16 and 17, God said to Ezekiel, Yet neither shall thou mourn nor weep, neither shall thy tears run down. Forbear to cry, make no mourning for the dead. These are hard commands to follow for a man who just lost his wife, but he followed them anyway. This is when walking by faith, not by sight, becomes more than just something we say. It becomes something that we live. This is when our faith becomes a sacrificial act, when it costs us something to follow God's commands. Mitsuo Fushida was a Japanese man who led the attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941. After Japan went on to lose the war, he became lost himself, and he began searching for truth. One day he came across a man selling Bibles on a street corner. He went up to the man and asked how much they cost. The man replied, free yen. Fushida then asked, why so cheap? And the man replied, because the true cost is in following it. And Fushida went on to give his life to Christ and do great things for God. And he learned that the true price to pay is in walking by faith, not by sight, in following God's commands, no matter how things seem to be in the natural. On a cloudy day, you can't see the sun, but it's still there, doing the same thing that it's always done in the same place that it's always been. And the same is true of God. Sometimes we don't feel his presence, or see his hand in the things going on around us, but he's still on the throne. He's still in control, and he's still doing the same things that he's always done. Just because we can't see something doesn't mean that it's not there. God is always in control of everything around us, whether we see it or not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His character is immutable. It never changes. When God told Ezekiel in verses 16 and 17, not to weep or mourn. He was also telling them not to live in the past. Many people fear moving forward in life because they fear the unknown. But we must not get stuck in the past. We have to move forward in faith. Ezekiel could have got stuck in the past, constantly rehearsing what he had been through and missing what he had once had. But he was resilient. He was knocked down, but he rose back up in faith and continued onward. The fervor we get away from the past, the more that we begin to romanticize it. The more time that passes, the better the past seems to be. But we must beware, because this is only an illusion. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 10 says, Say not thou what is the cause that the former days were better than these, for thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. When we romanticize the past, it causes us to live in the past. We become beholden to the mindset that things will never be restored to as good as they were back then. This causes us to despair of a future that we've never even given a chance. This is the same as a brooding a flower before it fully blooms. It has begun to grow, but it hasn't been given the chance to fully develop. Many people are right on the threshold of amazing things that God wants to do in and through them, but they never pass the threshold because they keep themselves locked away in their past, and in doing so, keep themselves locked out from the future that God has prepared for them. God gives us the key of faith to open the door to our future. When we choose to live in the past, all we do is delay our future from manifesting, and we hold ourselves back from the blessings of God. Ezekiel moved on from the past. He got up the next day and started over. He let it become the beginning of a new day. That's how he moved on in faith, and how he walked by faith and not by sight. Walking by faith means that we move forward no matter what the conditions look like around us. Walking by sight, on the other hand, means moving forward only if the conditions seem accommodating and right for it. And this is why we must walk by faith. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. In Philippians chapter 3, starting in the 13th verse, Paul understood the importance of moving forward. He wasn't locked up in his past. He forgot his past, and he left it behind because doing so prepared him to move forward into the future that God had for him. And he's calling us to follow his example, to be like-minded, and to do the same. And the word perfect in verse 15 means mature. And if we are mature Christians, it is our job to follow the lead of Paul. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in the 23rd verse, it says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, who is weak, and I am not weak, who is offended, and I burn not? if I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. We see here that Paul had endured extreme hardships. he had every reason in the world to give up, but he didn't, like Ezekiel, he lost everything. he went through many seasons where it seemed like there was no hope. He went through a lot, and he learned firsthand. The true cost of following. The way he lived is an example to us. The reason Paul had to go through everything that he did was because through his life he demonstrated that the gospel could withstand any attack of the enemy and that the Christian could make it through all the battles of life without giving up. Paul stayed the course and he didn't give up. And if he could do it, so can we. Paul walked by faith, not by sight and walking always implies forward. Abraham Lincoln once said, I'm a slow walker, but I never walk backwards. The way we move forward in life is by our faith, and by walking by faith. Our faith is the spiritual force within us that propels us forwards, and keeps us going onwards, even when everything in the natural is telling us that we should give up. It is always God's will for us that we move forward in faith. Exodus 14 and 15 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. When the Lord spoke this to Moses, they were at the Red Sea. The children of Israel were faced with an impassable body of water. There was no conceivable way for them to cross it. Even though in the natural it was absolutely impossible, God commanded them, Go forward. God's commands to us today may seem impossible, but we just need to obey in faith. We need to submit ourselves to the will of God, and we need to go forward. Let's go back to Ezekiel chapter 24. In Ezekiel chapter 24, in the 25th verse, it says, Also thou son of man, shall it not be in the day when I take from them their strength, the joy of their glory, the desire of their eyes, and that whereupon they set their minds, their sons and their daughters, That he that escapeth in that day shall come unto thee, to cause thee to hear it with thine ears. In that day shall thy mouth be opened to him which is escaped, and thou shalt speak, and be no more dumb, and thou shalt be a sign unto them, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 25 ends with a comma, and the word that, which is the first word of verse 26, is in italics indicating that it was added in by the translators. Anytime that you see a word in italics, in scripture, it indicates that the word was not in the original manuscript, but was added by translators to make it easier to read and to comprehend. The italics are never there for emphasis. It is only for comprehension purposes. This is normally good, but in some places and in some instances, the addition of these extra words can lessen the meaning of the surrounding words and the overall context. And this is one of those instances. Once you remove the word that from verse 26, it is clear that verse 25 and verse 26 together form one sentence. The key phrase in that sentence is, and that whereupon they set their minds, their sons and their daughters, he that escapeth in that day shall come unto thee. People escape through their mindset, whereupon they set their minds. People today have adopted the mindset of escapism. Escapism is defined as a noun, meaning the tendency to seek distraction and relief from unpleasant realities, especially by seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy. People in the world see the hard times around them and they aren't able to deal with the reality that they're faced with, which causes them to seek an escape from reality. In the natural realm, escapism usually takes the form of some type of addiction. The most common examples are alcohol and drugs. Others become addicted to too much television or games. And because people are looking for something to take their minds off of the real world, even if only for a short time, this phenomenon has a counterpart in the spiritual realm. The same way people are looking for an escape from natural reality, people are looking for an escape from spiritual reality. People see the spiritual warfare that we're involved in. They see the true cost of following, the true cost of discipleship, and they want to escape because it's too much for them. Escapism is a form of giving up. We must be very careful not to indulge in escapism because when we indulge in it, it is a dereliction of our job as Christian soldiers in the army of the Lord. Escapism makes people sit on the sidelines of this war that we're in. This mindset is dangerous and has put a stranglehold on the church. The most common manifestation of escapism in churches today is people who are constantly looking for the rapture. These people don't want to fight spiritual warfare. They don't want to live a sacrificially committed life. They just want to escape through the rapture. They cloak their escapism with religious words, but it's really nothing more than giving up. The rapture shouldn't consume our lives and our way of thinking. We shouldn't spend every day waiting for the rapture. It's going to happen at the right time, when it's meant to happen. It's not our escape route, it's our reward. Until that day comes, there's work that needs to be done. The church at Thessalonica made this mistake. They thought the rapture was going to happen any day, so they spent their days just waiting for it. Paul rebuked them for this, because there was work all around them that God was calling them to do, but it wasn't getting done. They had the escape mentality. No matter whether they adopted that consciously or subconsciously, they still had it. The same is true today. People all around us need to be saved, healed, delivered, and set free. But nothing will ever happen if all we do is wait for the rapture and try to escape. In Luke 19 and 13, Jesus said, Occupy till I come. The word occupy means to keep busy and active. When we occupy... We are able to avoid the escape mentality, and we are able to go forward in faith. We need to keep ourselves busy and active in the work of the Lord. In the spiritual war that we're in, we're not going to win every battle. There are some that we will lose. Disappointments and discouragements are going to come, but we must continue to occupy in the midst of them. We need to keep doing the work of the Lord, no matter what. Like Ezekiel, we need to be able to get up the next day and say, and I did in the morning as I was commanded. This is faithfulness. This is going forward in faith. And this is walking by faith and not by sight. When we go forward in faith, it serves as an example to others. Just as Ezekiel and Paul serve as examples to us. Many people may never read of Ezekiel's and Paul's faithfulness in going forward and staying the course, but they may see our faith. They may see us going forward. Our faithfulness in going forward will serve as a testament to the greatness and the truth of our God. Verse 27 says, In that day shall thy mouth be opened to him which is escaped, and thou shalt speak, and be no more dumb, and thou shalt be a sign unto them, and they shall know that I am the Lord. We must remember that our lives affect people, and so does our faithfulness. Our faith serves as a sign to them, to call them out of their escapism and back into their walk of faith. When we're faced with hard times and going through rough seasons in life, we can't allow ourselves to just escape reality or to lock ourselves away living in our past, and we must never, under any circumstances, allow ourselves to give up. None of these are the will of God for our lives. These are not solutions. They are only diversions. When we divert our problems, they go away for a time, Or to come back much worse down the road. We need to take stock of the problems that we have, and we need to face them and overcome them. The way we overcome is by staying faithful and by following God's command to the children of Israel to simply go forward. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word and for wisdom from your word. And Lord, we thank you that even though we are in such strange days in this world, wherever we are across this world. We thank you that even though it seems impossible that we can go forward, Lord, give us the resilience that Ezekiel had, that when we wake up the next day, even though we dealt with so many hard things right before, that we could still follow those commands that you have given us. Lord, we thank you that you're speaking into our lives, that you're helping us, that you're giving us the strength and the understanding that we need to go forward. Lord, help us to escape out of the trap that escapism has laid in this world. There are so many distractions, Lord, and we thank you that you're helping us to stay the course, to stay focused, and to stay faithful. where we desire to be faithful, and we thank you, Lord, that you are always faithful to us, and we desire to be the same way towards you. Lord, we worship you, we thank you, we give you all the honor and the praise, and we ask that you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to go forward in faith and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you would like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you would write a review wherever you're listening and follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.